0: We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Chris Scott Moore, joined as always by Alex Attaboy Gibson. How's it going, buddy?
1: I'm doing good. How about yourself, daddy?
0: Doing fine, baby, if you will. Uh, not joining us today is our also triad member, uh, Sean Nash, who is on vacation. He's out of the office today. Unfortunately, uh, he's not able to make it, but he's a new homeowner. So he's got a lot of cool shit coming down on his end. So he's taking care of some business outside of the office.
1: And a traitor, he's left uh, Auburn Hills, so pretty bummed about that.
0: I mean, it'd be one thing if he was coming to Plymouth, but whatever. He can, mm-hmm. he can mull about in Ferndale or wherever he, the hell he's going.
1: <laughs> we're very happy for him, just a little bitter.
0: Yeah, we're very bitter that he didn't get a house by us. Uh, <laughs> he's that he he's managed to somehow fuck up our custody battle. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> Uh, Okay. So in lieu of Sean being absent, Alex, can you give everyone a rundown of what to expect if this is the first time listening to the show?
1: Yeah. So as always, we start with the news of the week, then into our match of the week, moment of the week, cringe of the week. And then uh, we wrap it up trying to get positive again while we're anticipating moving forward over the next week or so. And then we do always seemingly have some quick hitters that we want to touch on things that we don't necessarily get to touch on in those segments. Uh, So just a couple of random things that hit our desk this week that we want to make sure we're talking about.
0: Yeah. And so before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, we'd like to remind you to visit our website at wrestling, for all of our latest articles, uh, and show reviews. Uh, Alex had a good article last week regarding the top five changes you'd like to see in AEW for 2023. And then we had a look at some of the, uh, weekly shows that were also on, uh, we might get a chance to put ROH up there on the website. We'll see. We're going to talk about that in depth today on the show. Also, we would uh, encourage you to follow us on our huge social media platforms. Multimedia that going on. Platforms. Multimedia. That's damn right. Yeah, we're we're an enterprising crew. This us us lot. Uh, we're at Wrestling Deleted Podcast on Instagram, and we're also at Wrestling Deleted Podcast on Twitter as well. Cool. Okay. So we did a rundown there. Let's go into the news of the week. There are a lot of things happening. It was kind of a crazy week, but I think one story story was bigger than the rest.
1: Yeah. The story that I think we were all waiting for. And Tony Khan had been hinting at for a couple of weeks now that we would get some news on ROH TV and what it was going to look like moving into the new year. And after the wonderful pay-per-view, which I'm sure we'll talk about next uh, he made the announcement that they'll be putting ROH TV on honor club which is basically their streaming service. Um, I think some people might be disappointed by that news. It sucks that we got to pay $9.99 for it. Uh, but I actually kind of like it. I don't really think that there's room for more wrestling on television. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of do whatever you want to do. I think it's also just funny that it feels like it feeds into the rumors that uh, the Briscoes just aren't allowed on cable television. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so that's how, that's how you get around that rule. Um, and also like the last thing I think that the world needs is wrestling fans looking at ratings any further than they already do when it comes to television. So I actually I'm I'm kind of happy with it. I There was some talk, too, that New Japan will be pretty heavily involved, depending on who you read the source from. Either Tony was saying he hopes they will be or he was saying they will be. I would love to see, you know, New Japan Strong pretty much jump over to this. Have that all together makes it a little bit more of a complete package. You get all the old ROH stuff plus any of the new pay per views after ninety days. Um, I, I actually I think it's a win as long as it keeps ROH off of AEW television. Now, I, I, and Tony has made it sound like that's the plan, but I, I really really hope that he means it as much as he as much as he's saying it because I'm worried that he's still going to like kind of feature it, just it's not going to be so prominent. So, what yeah. were your thoughts on it?
0: first to discuss the featuring part i get it if it's on the run-up to the pay-per-view and it's a go-home show and you want to put that on excalibur's screaming list of things of all the matches and events that are to come that totally makes sense and that's what they should do likewise has as roh would promote shows for AEW where you can buy tickets and so forth um you know it's hard to say if this is a win or not i mean i think the smart move of course is having pay-per-views not broadcast it immediately, not replaying the network uh thing of like you still yeah. having to new do pay per views and that's obviously a big revenue creator for them. I just don't know how much of a cost it's going to be to maintain the servers, to to build the ability to stream if there's going to be any kind of issues with buffering or logging or issues there if there is uh, a lot more yeah i can't exactly we'll talk about that later on jesus christ um (laughs) so that would be my only concern is like how much of a cost is it um to wwe's credit and i think this is one of the reasons why they pivoted from it is they were like we're not an it company and that just took so much money to maintain that and the maintenance of it. Now the demand for WWE programming is significantly higher than ring of honor. That's not an insult. It's just the reality of it. Um, I think it'll work too, though, if they do have a clear delineation of who's on which roster, not that I want a brand split because you can't say that without getting shutters from, you know, Vince doing a draft or something or s- I saw stupid nonsensical I saw, <laughs> shit.
1: I saw Sean's face when I suggested a, a soft one for Rampage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it just like they can't help it. And, you know, there's going to be like it's that would be like Forbidden Door 4. It's like Rampage versus Dynamite. and It's like, oh, God, come it's on. the
1: one time a year they go against yeah. each other.
0: Uh, I hope that's not the case. But um, if you did separate the rosters, that would make it a little bit more defined or at least have guys that are, okay, everyone that's on Dark and Elevation is on Ring of Honor. Like that's where they're at and you bring in some other guys to fill it up, like the Matt Tavens of the world. Um, You put obviously Claudio on there to be the top guy. and Maybe some other challengers come up as well. Um, And then that's where you can feature indie talent and anytime you want to have randos come in, maybe they just go to Ring of Honor. I hope that would be the case. If that's if that's the plan, I think they'll do well. I just don't know um again, how much of a cost it is to maintain their version of the network and the only other thing I would say too before I let you uh do your spiel is I wonder if that's a sign and I think a lot of people look too far into this, but is that a sign that a TV deal just wasn't coming for Ring of Honor at all? Like they couldn't get it on cable and is that a bad sign for AEW in the future? Um it may just been bad timing with all of the layoffs going and the Warner Brothers discovery restructuring and the landscape could change. Um who knows. But I I I do at least admire the idea that Tony's like okay, we got to have our own fucking thing now. It's it's time.
1: Yeah, and, and on that that last point, I think the way I look at it is there probably wasn't any more appetite with Warner Brother Media essentially for another um another wrestling show and tony probably just didn't want to ruin that relationship right as he's yeah. as he's shopping around AEW he doesn't want to have to shop around AEW dynamite um i think he wants to make sure that they're all on good terms and everything like that so i i lean towards believing that that's probably the case it was probably it's either going on warner or it's going on um honor club and it just wasn't going to work to get uh what they wanted i think also what's on my mind and what'll change my opinion and in either direction is what does the weekly show look like? Is it mm-hmm. the hour before dynamites filmed when the crowd is half empty or the, you know what I mean? Or like in the rampage slot, like where do they, or do they do it completely separate? And if they do it completely separate, is it just pre-taped, you know, six weeks in advance? Is it going to be in something like the full sale? You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't really like the way that NXT is presented now, which sucks. Cause I, I know that it's getting better. You're getting to see um you know kind of Triple H's vision again. They're no longer 2.0, but I still can't bring myself to watch it just because it's it just feels minor leak the way that it's uh presented now. And I, that's where I'm wondering what happens with ROH is is it just going to be like those studio tapings that they do for Dark that you cannot pay me to t- tune into even though it's on YouTube for free. <laughs> and you know what I mean? I just I'd rather do anything basically, so that's I think that that probably plays into it for me right now. Is can they make it compelling enough to want to tune in? I will say they've delivered on all of their pay per views thus far. I know it's only been yeah. three since Tony has owned it, but it actually reminds me more than the best AEW pay per view. These ROH pay per views remind me of like that feeling that I used to get from the NXT takeovers in that early era, that black and gold era. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what this Saturday felt like. And, and even the past ones and the one that we were able to attend even.
0: Yeah, no, it was a great show. Um, And I hope they're able to continuously have great shows, even on a weekly television basis. I mean, I would love to see them do small shows at like, not indie venues, but just smaller places or places that are too small for dynamite, but unthinkable. You know what I mean? Just like it's a nicer, smaller, Oakland University. yeah. Well, no, but something like that. Yeah. Or like, um, a D three gym or something like that. You know, that's not, it's a 2000 seat venue, but they're not going to look small by only filling 2000 seats in a 6,000 seat venue.
1: Hell, hell I mean, not necessarily this exact one, but like those nights of Columbus shows we used to go to for evolve. Yeah. I, I, I am awful at guessing how many people are in a room. It's like, To me, a child can be either between like the ages of three and 12, and I will have no idea. That's how I feel about like seeing a venue. I'm like, there might be 200 people here, or there's 1200 people here. Um, But I think that they have to come, they had to be coming close to a thousand people in some of those shows. I think so. I don't, I'm not saying that those, that's the perfect spot with those chandeliers and everything like that. But even stuff, something like that where you could still like make it look packed, like if you can make yeah. it, you know, make it punk rock, make it, um, you know, it's these make it Harpo's, you know, those types of venues like that could be cool. I just don't like like I was saying, like it's more so like that studio feel. I it doesn't do it do anything for me. I liked it when N.W.A. started doing that a couple of years ago, and then I watched two episodes of the N.W.A. product and immediately was against it. But that's that's more so because Billy Corgan. But um, I, I just I don't want to go to that. I don't think ROH is a is a studio show.
0: Yeah, I just don't know how much of a live touring brand it is either. Um, so yeah. you know who knows? It's it, it's an uphill battle for sure. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do with it. But I do think uh, it's a. I mean, it was a nice thing to have announced. I mean, I put in an article kind of like a sarcastic remark about how they don't do anything with that footage. And well, what do you know they do? <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, well, eh. what do you out. know? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's go into the show itself. So we're both on the same page. I think it's impossible to say this wasn't the match of the week. Well, what were your thoughts on Briscoe versus uh, the, the Briscoe's excuse me, versus FTR?
1: you know what i i can't word it any better than what i intend to to name this episode which is what ian ricobi kept saying was uh that it was a violent masterpiece and that that's truly what it was it was it was it was almost how i felt about cody versus dustin at double or nothing when like yeah there's an uncomfortable amount of blood but they like it made sense and everything about it like it wasn't it wasn't violence for the sake of violence. It was like violence because these two teams hate each other and want to prove that they're the best tag team in the world. Um, yeah, Dax going for that headbutt, but using the chain. I mean, it sucked yeah. that it took him 15 tries. Uh, yeah. to he get was the getting chain pissed. <laughs> fuck? Um, but that was brutal. Um, you know, uh, cash pulling. I don't remember if he was connected to Mark. I think he was connected to Mark, right? Mark. Uh, pulling Mark using the chain to flip him into those chairs, uh, o- outside the ring, the other chair spot with the superplex. That to me, that's the one like move that like whenever they do something onto a chair, I'm like that. There's just no way that that doesn't fucking hurt. Like I know that yeah. a table spot's gonna hurt, but at least they can kind of gimmick it or you know make it easy to go through things like that. Those chair ones just look awful. Uh, love the fact that they had. The Briscoes go over here and uh, get the titles back. I think they're like the 13-time yeah, 13 time champions now. And uh, also, like just incredible to see a ref take a bump that you know, and then clearly blade. He was bleeding like yeah. fucking Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. That was Damn. wild. Um, I, you know what, I I I don't need blood in a whole lot of stuff that I watch, but I, I felt it was used perfectly for that. Yeah, uh, high octane match kind of cool to see FTR in a tornado style match as well. These two teams can go at it. You know, give them a best of 7 series after this fucking trios one is over because they're both fantastic. Loved it.
0: I loved it too. I love the violence and intensity as well. There were things that You know, you can't fake. I mean, I don't know how heavy that chain really is in real life and if it's a working chain or what, but those times where Mark would just take it to his ribs and they would use it as like a whip and he got just nailed in the ribs so many times. There was one spot that was fantastic where Cash had Mark up in the gory. What is it? The fuck the gory Romero special, whatever, when he's on his Mm -hmm. back, it's got the chain on it, too. That looked like it hurt like hell. He's doing this screaming and, you know, hillbilly kung fu voice screaming. And then they did a great spot where they dangle him outside. And he's like getting hung by it. And then Dax gets run into the chain. And it was like, oh, God, it just looked brutal. There were so many spots that were just genuinely simple and effective brutality. Um, one of the best matches of the year, one of the best matches of all time. Uh, FTR. I mean, I sometimes think we don't give the Briscoes enough credit because they were in three of arguably the best matches of the year with the mm-hmm. series, um, and it helps that FTR had also those five star matches with Aussie Open and the Young Bucks. But goddamn, have they ever had such a fantastic year! I mean, it, it was the best year in tag team wrestling because of them and it's going to be something that will be remembered forever if you're a wrestling fan of just how special 2022 was and it's synonymous with vince mcmahon scandal probably 2022 roh and tony's flirtation and buying it and just maybe some of the misses with aw but ftr and actual in-ring wrestling i think is the story of this year
1: Absolutely. And um, one other thing that I'll never forget about the Briscoes is the most uncomfortable moment of my wrestling fandom when we were at that fucking WrestleCon show oh, and low key wanted to fight that fan. <laughs> Remember that?
0: Yeah. Well, uh. and they, they were subdued and it's like, those are two guys that just like if you looked at them, you would go like, Oh, at any moment, something's going to happen. Like it just, yeah. they they seem authentically into their gimmicks too. And that was always one of the things that kind of freaked me out by them is like, I don't know. I grew up around, uh, you know, people like that in my hometown where it's just like, Oh shit. At any point, like, yeah, things would get sideways and dicey pretty quickly with, with uh, that yeah. sort. So,
1: you know, and you know, what's funny is a lot of a lot of the wrestlers that have, That feel of like this is real to them or you know they truly are like these guys um they're kind of shitty people and i know that you know the briscoes have had comments and things like that that in the past that aren't great um but like you never you never do hear of them like fucking like having like a bully ray moment with a fan or you know something like that or anything where where they're where they're being like an active asshole to like fans anything like that they just they fucking wrestle and they do their chicken farming and cut weird promos like that's that's their life they've done it for 20 something years now they are ROH I think it makes sense for them to be the ones that have the titles and um, I've liked that throughout this feud with FTR they've almost always there's always been some sort of a mutual respect like there's shit talking there's all that but there's always like they're coming out to save each other after matches and, and things like that Um, and then just one other note, I don't think I ever gave a shit about dog collar matches, uh, before AEW, No, Uh, you know, Brody and Cody had a really good one and I was like, okay, that was, that was solid. Uh, it sucks that there was no fans. Well, I mean, there were some fans, but you know, limited and it sucks that that's Brody's last match and and all of the things that come around that. And then to go to punk first MJF, that was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then to somehow top that this year is incredible. Like less than a year later, there's already a better dog collar match that's happened. Um, I think WWE should stay away from them. They should retire the dog collar match. Cause they're, I don't think that they could feasibly do as well as these ones have gone.
0: Now in, in WWE's dog collar matches were more so strap matches because yeah. that was a preference of, um, you know, some of the, they, they've had guys that had a gimmick where they would use a strap. And I think that's what they've done with some of their dog collar matches where it's just a game of like playing tug of war. And then they'd slap each other on the back with it. And it just was kind of silly and not, it, it just lacked the intensity of the original Greg Valentine Roddy Piper match where it was just yeah. a brutal, you can't escape from me and we're cornering each other as opposed to it being a game of whip and tag and, I don't know. Silly yeah. shit.
1: I, I'm just going to give a shout out to another match because I, what you just said reminded me in the pure match. I, and I love this about the dog collar match because it, once again, it felt like they were using the dog collar as a tool in the match. I loved in the pure title match, having Daniel Garcia essentially force Wheeler, Yuta to, use the yes. three rope breaks and oh, that way. So Smart. And then the whole, you, them both, you know, just wasting their one open or, uh, close fist punch despite the fact that Wheeler's was clearly a slap. Uh, <laughs> like I loved that they did that. Like the the use of the stipulations to tell the story was beautiful. Um and you know, maybe that's happened in other pure matches I haven't watched a whole lot of those, but that was just an excellent way to advance that match and and then force Wheeler Yuta to no longer have his his three rope breaks.
0: Yeah, and it's it's making the most of the of the gimmick match, and it's making the most of the situation the story that you're trying to tell in the chess match that they're trying to portray that these two are in. Um, when you just have a gimmick match just to have one, it turns into the fucking old Sting and Jake Roberts spin the wheel, make the deal, where it's just a random match that makes no sense, and is just kind of a stupid thing, and you have to improvise and try to make something work. Um, they did a good job of using those rope breaks for sure, and... I love the pure rules. I think for some people, they're like, oh, it's too complicated or it's, I don't know, boring or something. But I love them. I think that makes Ring of Honor unique. And I don't know. It's a cool stipulation. I have no problem with pure title. I like it a lot.
1: I like it. But they need to be done with Garcia versus Yuta. Just I mean, they need to be done with everything. That's Blackpool Combat Club versus. Yeah, you know, JMS. I just want
0: to see who's superior. Just one more time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this best of 53
0: series yeah if they have if claudio and jericho have another goddamn match or there's a tag match with you know sammy and jake hager versus so and so and so and so it's like a fucking kill it stop um okay speaking of controversy let's go into this what did you think of the finish of jericho and claudio i liked
1: it uh i i, I it's weird that you we've never seen it used as yes a, as a Uh, submission. Um, And for those who may not have watched the finish was Cesaro or sorry, Claudio. Thank God. Thank God there's no rule established. Uh, Claudio going for his swing. And, you know, I think he got about what, 22 seconds in and then Jericho ended up tapping. I I think my only real thing is I wish he would have gone to like 45 seconds or 50 seconds, like something that was like almost comedically long and then tapped at that point because it feels like Jericho's been in that swing for 20 seconds before. So if I had to give anything, it's that, but I I liked it. It was unique. You know, I can see why that would be a, uh, an awful, uh, move to be put into, especially for that long. What did you think about it?
0: I liked it. I understood why people were like, what the fuck? Because he's never beat anyone with it. And, and that, Okay, I get that part, but I get also the fact that Jericho is smart and knows that that's his most over move. And so if you're going to get beat, get beat by what that person does best, it's going to cause the loudest reaction and it's going to help him get over more. So like he's doing the right thing by tapping to that. And just the little things that Jericho did in close ups, like he would pretend like he was crying and like discombobulated and it was just so over the top, but not so broad WWE big and acting you know he wasn't like Anna J selling it but he was still like yeah. just like acting like he had motion sickness which I can relate to I would tap out that wasn't that fucking move I'd be tapping out right away
1: oh absolutely and I think um, I, I think that it was fine I, I do think that it, if you want to establish that as a finisher what better way to do it than establish it against yeah. someone like Jericho because now you automatically buy in that I don't know. Who's that fucking guy that's te- teaming with um, Tony Niece now? Josh Woods. Josh Woods. Now, now, and if Claudio were to face him, he can make him tap to it too. And it's like, yeah. you're like, okay, well, one of the best wrestlers has tapped this. So this is a legitimate, you know, I mean, it's just like kind of, uh, it kind of immediately legitimizes it rather than him having to build it up against a bunch of people. So it'll be interesting to see if they move forward with it as a, uh, a continuous finisher or as a one-time thing. I also just think that sometimes people people like to complain.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I do wonder if Claudio just gets sick of doing that move. Like he's like, "God, I, f- I hate spinning" or something. Like, what if he hated that? Yeah, move it's the like whole the guy time? from
1: uh, House of Pain having to sing "Jump Around" at a concert.
0: Yeah. Like, ah, God. All right.
1: Okay, I'll but do it. You right. know, I have some really good songs too.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got what it's I've like my by acoustic, everlast. Yeah. I got an acoustic guitar. I can really get a good sound out of <laughs> watch as a listener gives us a zero star review. What are we going to do? Okay. Let's move into a moment of the week. Alex, what was your moment of the week?
1: Oh man. My moment of the week. It's I'm, I'm double dipping. It's going to be a part of my anticipation too. It was that Ricky Starks and MJF promo. It was yeah, fucking beautiful. MJF came out, got cut got a, cut a very good promo, you know, kind of touching on some things that I think people talk about with Ricky Starks with the whole kind of the rock pebble. uh yeah, Walmart <laughs> rock and things like that. But yeah, what yeah, he called him the pebble. Uh and so I think that uh, it was it was good good promo from him, but then to have Ricky there and have a great response. He even he he actually messed up a couple of the words or things that he was saying. I don't know if you caught that in the promo, mm-hmm. but he said it with such confidence and didn't stumble afterwards, which I mean I don't even do that on the fucking podcast when we have nobody else that like, we're not doing this live. I could easily power my way through that type of stuff, but I'll usually have to like reset myself for a second. Or you we saw with Jeff Jarrett, how many times since he's grabbed the mic in AEW has he just kind of fumble over everything he's saying? Starks just had a couple of things that didn't really like fully make sense, but it didn't even matter because he said it with confidence, and then he just kept going and chugging through and then saying something fucking cool. I absolutely loved that promo. It made me believe. I tweeted from our account that that promo made me want to believe. I still am sitting here like, is there a chance that he could win? Are they just going to make you know MJF? You know, maybe this because he lost now his bargaining power, so he'll lose the title here, and now he acts a, has to actually like climb his way back up the ranks to get back to the title hunt, rather than you know having the leverage that he had against Tony to kind of get where he is. All of those types of things, I I loved it. Um, you know, I've I've been a fan of Ricky for a while. I made sure to uh, you know tweet out the you know or retweet the article of him over the weekend that I wrote back in. Uh, summer and it kind of just made me feel like oh my god i can't believe like how quickly this has come like i know we were talking about in that article him becoming a star but last week was a star making performance and i'm gonna be heartbroken when mjf kicks out at two and a half off of a rochambeau this week
0: yeah (laughs) and (laughs) it was a great promo duel um Because usually, I mean, and and I'm not the only person that said this, is like usually MJF just fillets whoever he's going up against and just rips him a new asshole and they get neutered and they can't back it up, but Ricky did. And he came at MJF with some really good lines about the cheap heat stuff and Mm -hmm. how cheap he is. And it's like "Eh, spot on and it's very funny. And there is going to be a little bit of fans getting tired of his shtick too if he goes to this same well a lot and it was perfect timing because the week before fans were saying that even though mjf did turn it around in her masterful way um starks brought a lot of heat and like you said it's not what he's actually saying i think in terms of one-liners i think like maxi pad was a good line and i think maybe there was one other one but it was just his intensity and the way that he carries himself and the way that he can do that fiery Dusty's fucking pissed kind of promo would just scream and it's not just a steroid guy barking he has an intensity to the way that he talks and it feels real it feels like Cena almost in a way like when Cena would get riled up it has mm-hmm. that raw like oh shit I believe in this person um, I don't know what's going to happen in this match I mean I assume MJF is going to go over but yeah. Um, Ricky's, you know, he, he's got potential and he seems like, okay, this guy could break out. It's just, what do you do with him? What next? That's
1: uh yeah, I, I actually just wrote down two points to bring up once, once uh, you're done with that. And the first thing was where does Starks go from here? Assuming he's losing to MJF, like how do you continue this momentum because the fans were so fucking behind him in that moment. I was like, how do they keep this going with a loss here?
0: Three words, Matt, Tay, Ven. <laughs> <laughs> right to uh, the top, baby.
1: Yeah, the kingdom. Yep, yeah, 3.0. <laughs> um, and then also, I, I, I know MJF and Starks are like friends. And so maybe I was looking into this too much, but there was a point where they cut to MJF and he was like smiling a little bit. And like, it was almost like you could just see somebody that was like happy for their friend. Oh, and, yeah. And in that moment, I was just thinking how much in a year these two can be a great feud again. You know, like in a mm-hmm. year you can bring you can run this back and give them the true feud that they deserve rather than essentially a two week feud where they really only cut a promo against each other one time.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why people were disappointed with the stipulation stuff regarding the diamond ring if uh he got to have a diamond ring match later on. People were kind of fantasy booking. You could see that during the tweet in, in in Twitter that night of like, oh, what what? Okay, so he loses, but then he does the he you know he beats him for the diamond ring, and then that makes MJF accept another match down the line on pay per view one day. I mean, that would have been a good storyline. So I think people yeah. maybe felt a bit robbed from it, but I also do like having MJF as the diamond ring bearer too. I couldn't think of another name for ring wearer, so bear it was easy to do there. <laughs> Um, My moment of the week, and this is kind of a cop out too. I liked the acclaimed and FTR. I thought that was an excellent tag team match, uh, four and a half stars Mm -hmm. in my book. Um, That was a match that was one of the things AEW does struggle sometimes is trying to have things both ways and they pulled off having them both stay baby faces FTR stays the darlings of the podcasters and the acclaim stays the darling of the fans that are buying the scissors and the, you know, chanting all that shit during this match. Um, They're different from the new age outlaws. They being the acclaimed where in ring, the fans are still invested. It's not like it's just an entrance and it's just a suck it chant and not to shit on billy Gunn or road Dogg, but sometimes it felt like they were more into their shtick and persona than they were the actual in-ring work and the acclaimed really backed it up like max and caster can wrestle i'm sorry bowens and caster can wrestle excuse me are they both do a great job um i think bowens in particular is super underrated like he can bring the fire at an incredible rate and so i loved what they did and i was uh happy with the result and FDR didn't turn and everything worked good. There also was a great match with Moxley and Takeshita. That was awesome on rampage that I didn't expect that to be so good. Not that they couldn't do that, but just rampage has been such a dump lately that it was a great show. So I loved what they did there as well. Yeah, it was a
1: pay-per-view level match to me. That was, yeah. um, You know, especially the last probably three minutes of that match. Mm-hmm. I went back and forth four times on who I thought was going to win. yeah. And it was a, a great match. Um, and then also just the way that it closed then with the, you know, I, I don't get the whole gun club. I just, them being involved in feuds doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, mm-hmm. but them being used to, you know, debut or, you know, show that the, the match that was going to happen at, uh, final battle was great. Yeah. Um, had to text Sean separately. Cause I knew you were already in bed, Uh but about our excitement. Cause we did not want to spoil anything, but um yeah, it was a great match. I think it it's been, I was worried that when the acclaimed had to finally face FTR, that FTR was either going to have to win or it was going to be just, how do you do that? But they held their own. They showed why they deserved to actually get that win Uh <laughs> and excited to see where it goes from here. I'm still actually kind of like, I wouldn't hate a heel FTR again, but I'm glad that they didn't make go. The, they didn't take the easy way out and turn them heel there. They could turn heel at another time or something.
0: Yeah. And they're going to lose some titles. I mean, they lost the RO, they lost the tag title shot in AW. They lost the ROH titles. They're going to lose the um, IWGP titles. I'm assuming to Aussie open and
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: Russell kingdom. And maybe you do a storyline out of that, of like all this frequent losing. And in there, I mean, I think the gun club correct, try to tease that in there, but Um, you know, you can use that as a storyline and that's a good motivation to turn them heel. Um, Besides too, like shit, what are they going to do to top 2022? Like at, at one point they were not on TV enough, but now I'm kind of like, okay, now I could get why they wouldn't be on TV for a bit just to kind of, okay, what next though? Like there's not another thing for them. There's not another Mm -hmm. perfect match for them to have. Um, So Okay, uh, but yeah, what an impressive week of wrestling, I think, from a Tony Khan standpoint, right? Like he's had a a great couple of shows and with all the bullshit that was going on behind the uh, behind the scenes, this has done a lot to, I think, rehab um, the trust that fans have in the product. If you just have these great matches and great shows and those crowds were fucking hot in Texas, they were into everything. And that's and that that translates.
1: It's honestly wild how into it all the the Texas fans are because they run Texas a lot. WWE runs Texas quite a bit. And so for them to be like that, even though it's not like their first, you know, AEW show they've had, um, kudos to them because I think the Northeast is getting pretty, uh, pretty drained and even specific parts of the Northwest, not Michigan, uh, are God. No. uh, Yeah. Can't have a show here. (laughs) Are feeling, I think are, are kind of just a little bit over it. Almost. It feels like, but Texas uh damn do they deliver sometimes.
0: They sure do. All right. Well, let's go into what didn't deliver. Let's go into cringe of the week.
1: Oh, that fucking segue did. Uh yeah. my, cringe, <laughs> my cringe of the week uh is uh enemy of the pod, uh <laughs> bully ray and the table spot that he tried to do at impact uh tapings. He was putting um, you know, spoilers, I guess, if you watch Impact because it for a taping just ruin happened. it.
0: <laughs> uh he
1: was putting uh Scott demore through a table. It was supposed to be a flaming table, but he was unable to light the table. And I think for me watching that besides the joy I get to see uh Bully Ray failing was the the lack of like any like he just was like so nonchalant about it. Like it, it just looked like when you watch videos of old timers that really don't give a flying fuck. He was like, oh, whatever it's not working. And just like the body language that he had, like he should have been getting more riled up that it wasn't, you know, in character, he should have been getting more pissed off that it wasn't working or whatever. Yeah. And there was just nothing there. Bully Ray is just for me. Uh, he's somebody who just talks and talks and talks, and he's not even somebody that really delivers in the ring. The Dudley boys were a great tag team back in the day. I'm not going to take that away. Like they, they were good in a, different era but that era is gone um you know they're not even together and i just don't understand like to me the fact that impact even has bully ray i don't really get it the fact that people listen to him on busted open radio i don't get it and um you know that's that's all i have to say about that
0: yeah it's nice to see these hot take artists eat shit when they have to do something themselves if it was anyone else besides him doing that it would have been a whole diatribe on the show
1: how how about, you know, the fact that he loves talking about how nobody can get any heat. And he couldn't even really make any.
0: Oh, man, that's Ooh. not a cringe there. Look at that. that. Yeah. God damn, Alex. ease up. Yeah. A, little, a little too stiff. Okay. Uh, mine is cringe of the week. We're just the, the Bleacher Report stream issues. Ugh. Man, that thing is like not to make a shitty, dumb, like Jay Leno monologue joke, but like that's like the ticket master of apps right now. I mean, like, my Ugh. God. It is just there's always an issue. We didn't watch the show live, um, but like that was a constant you would hear in Twitter and on uh, Squared Circle on Reddit was like, okay, it's shutting down. And then with the replay stuff, it doesn't automatically come back up. You can lose your spot as you're watching it. Um, The audio had issues even on the replay. Uh, It's like the cords weren't plugged in all the way or something like there were glitches in the video, too. Mm -hmm. You know sometimes I think in my optimist mind, I'm like, oh, maybe it's because there's such a high demand, and millions are watching this stream, but I think it's just like it's not if a there are four app. people watching, yeah, it, it would, yeah, so that's the kind of shit that does scare me about honor club though it's like if 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 you do that, it does like it does yeah. permanently turn people off. there are people who are like. They're so weird about, I don't like the way that HBO Max is set up. I'll never get that subscription service. And people, some people don't care about the content as much as they care about the the ease of usage. And they'd be happy yeah. with a shitty selection on Prime or something just because it, they feel it works better. Or aesthetically how it's laid out, they like it. And so, I don't know, just too many misses with Bleach Report. I always have the fear that you're going to press a button and fuck it up.
1: Yeah, me specifically. Like even yeah. even yes, yeah. even yesterday while you're watching, you're just like, "What if Alex steps on one of his remotes at home right now?" Yeah, and it fucks up my stream.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I was like, I, yeah. I hope he doesn't. You have You sit fun. on a
1: remote one time, yeah. and it ruins everything. Um, it was yeah, it was awful. I, um, it just instantly like when I was watching it, and and it, for for a second it was p- like potato quality for me. And it was like being laggy. And then it all of a sudden turned into like, like an HD quality. And I was like, Oh, okay. So now it's going to work. And it absolutely did not. It made, I checked my internet, like speed test. I did a speed test last night to be like, Oh, maybe it's oh, not. Wow. Like, yeah. Like it, it, maybe this is a me. maybe this is an Alex problem. And it, it wasn't, I'm, uh, you know, not, you know, if Verizon wants to sponsor this podcast, I will talk highly of their, uh, home yeah. internet. But, um, it was it was just an awful awful experience, and considering the fact that we were watching a replay, twenty four hours later, it there's no reason for it to be that way. Um, they it's like they're running off of like data centers that were built in the eighties or something like that. Yeah. I don't understand how it's working. Please, 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 if you're gonna do the honor club stuff, Tony, make sure that that's up and running, uh, and and something that actually works. Hopefully, um, utilizing that an uh, NFL partnership with AWS to bring us insights at, at, at the speed of light.
0: Well, yeah, I think you just, after getting burned, if the product isn't as good as it is, people will just go, no, fuck it, I'm not doing it. And I think luckily they've had such a good output where you know if you're getting a AEW Tony Khan produced pay-per-view, it's going to be high quality and ring, but I never trust the stream and I never trust the quality of the apps and the things behind the scenes. Nope. All right. So let's go into what we're looking forward to Alex. You touch a little bit on MJF and Ricky Starks, anything else you want to add to that or anything else that you're uh, envisioning in the future?
1: There there's not a whole lot to add to it other than the fact that I, I have this weird like feeling of, could they just pull the trigger? Could, could they see that right now is the time to, push it to uh, Ricky Starks and just tell a different story with uh, MJF. I don't think that they will, but God damn, do I kind of want them to? I yeah. I just, I love, I've, I've been a Ricky fan for a while and seeing this come up over the last six months, I don't know. I, I think it comes out of a fear of what do you do from here? I think we've seen so many times where they kind of slow the momentum pretty quickly after a feud ends. And I, and I just, I want to make sure that it stays because he's been getting such insane reactions and he's somebody who can talk. I think he's somebody that you can put on podcasts. He's somebody that you can put on television. You can have him representing the brand. I think MJF's obviously that guy too, but from a, from the face side of things, um, I'm just really, really intrigued and in the route that they go, how he gets the win. And, um, you know, where things go beyond this point. So I think it's, it's beyond this match. It's what happens after Wednesday.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see a title change too. winter is coming is synonymous with surprises and a big last show of the year feel. So hopefully that maybe could be something. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know where he goes next to, and I think that's one of the issues that they have because you don't want to see him do a storyline with like the factory. And like, I wouldn't put it past the them or like, or to do it with like Rouge, who's who's very, very good. But like, that's not going to be the follow up that people want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry,
1: I need to go back to cringe because I also forgot that my bonus cringe was no. the fact that uh, the firm's W. Morrissey is now just going by big bill.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, whatever. Just It'd be he's... one thing if
1: it was like Big Bill Morrissey or something like that, but just Big Bill. That sounds, I don't know. It sounds like somebody's like stepdad.
0: Lumberjack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lumberjack. Um, kind of yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah that's, I think that that's it too. Like you just don't want to see him all of a sudden be getting uh, offers to join the firm or LIJ oh, God. or something like that. Or, oh, that'd or, be know, the worst like, if he's just getting, out,
0: he goes on the recruiting trail. Yeah, just have heels trying to represent him or own his contract. Like, that'd oh, be yeah. the laziest shit ever. I hope they don't do that. Ooh. Yeah. God. It is funny for like how good the show is and how well they do long term booking. There's some there's always like maybe 10% of the show where you're like, what? Like, how could the quality be so good here? <laughs> like, So it's backwards, like right there. It, like, it's very it's odd. like they. It's like they
1: used all of their brain power on one thing and they're like, we don't know what to do with the rest of this. So they just like they just have like a kindergarten class book the rest of it.
0: (laughs) They just throw darts and go, Okay, these are like they've
1: created like a a storyline generator that they just hit refresh on.
0: They use like the family guy, South Park balls you know how south Park said family guy does it with the references <laughs> yeah it just yeah. there's like a there's like a pit for uh <laughs> evil heels that are going to represent it's- you as your agent or own your contract and ownings and winnings
1: yeah now i'm just like picturing it as like a mad lib where like you just like you just like crank it and like a ball comes out and it says ricky <laughs> starks and then you like crank another <laughs> one it says gets recruited by
0: and then <laughs> Uh God, that'd be awesome. We got to do some AEW Mad Libs on the website. That'd be great. <laughs> if anybody knows uh, how to
1: do any, uh, if anybody yeah. knows how to do like co- basic coding to help us come up with a little generator, that'd be amazing.
0: A true story. In my, in college, in like a dark comedy class, I did a uh, ransom note Mad Lib, and that just did not work well. <laughs> like, people just did it were get not, offensive? No, it just was weird and no one yeah. thought it was a fun usage of a mad lib it, they didn't like the combination of those two forms
1: they didn't like the fun with the dark
0: <laughs> no nah, it was it was just this guy's creepy and i don't like him <laughs> <laughs> story of my life okay i'm looking forward to and this is a shock i'm looking forward to gunther and ricochet or gunther that's the because it, uh, it, it is, it, is match, a correct right? pronunciation gunther i think it's gunther. gunther but yeah. gunther i'm sorry all of our German listeners. Uh, him versus Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet is going to cash in on that World Cup victory for an IC title shot. So I think that'll be a good little program. I like that. I don't know. I think it'd be a good match. Oh
1: God, he is going to get he's going to the bump he'll take off of getting a chop yep. from Walter is going to be insane.
0: Yeah, I just I I want to watch it for the styles clash. I don't think they've wrestled. I mean, I maybe they haven't evolved, but they haven't been on on like NXT before. I don't think they've crossed paths. They may have on like
1: in PWG, but I kind of, I feel like their comeups were like ricochet left. And then Walter was like, just starting to come to the States at that point.
0: Yeah. I don't know if they ever were in the same place at the same time. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then let's segue into other things that are coming down the line. So, uh, there was a couple of articles that came out and I'm forgetting the source. I apologize, but someone said that Gunther and and Brock Lesnar could perhaps be penciled in at WrestleMania, which that would be, that would be fucking crazy. Like that's a dream match that
1: What's wild about it is my excitement based on the current regime. If you would have told me last year that they were gonna do this, I would have had zero interest in it, zero faith yeah. in it, because it would have just been uh suplex, 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 one, two, three, Gunther yeah. then gets, you know, put in a box and shift back to OVW, like the Spirit Squad. But now this match could actually be really fucking good. And I would actually like to see Gunther get the win. I think that this yeah. is how you make your next, you know, kind of big monster. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe he becomes the person that can dethrone Roman in, a, in a, you know, another three years.
0: Yeah, no, I would love to see that. Um, and then other things, speaking of mania. So we have John Cena is going to be on SmackDown, I guess, by the end of the year, fueling mm-hmm. rumors that he's also going to be at WrestleMania. Um, if that's the case, who would you like to see Cena wrestle at WrestleMania?
1: I think we briefly touched on it a few weeks ago, but I, it, Stone yeah, I Cold forget, is my, is, is my yeah. number one. Well, I think we just yeah. talked about the Stone Cold thing. Um, so I think that that's my number one. If I'm looking at like an actual current person, um, you know, I, I would say uh, there's something about like a true McIntyre match that would maybe interest me. Because okay. I doubt that he's gonna be and that's assuming that you put Drew over. Um yeah. cause I think that Drew's kind of treated as like I think he's sometimes given that treatment of like he can you just can let him lose a little bit more than he probably should due to his size yep. and everything like that. Um I'd even like to see Cena against like the way that Sheamus has been the last, you know, few months, he's been really interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. Cena versus Seamus kind of running it back. Um but you know, I, I, I enjoy Cena now with I, it's funny. I never really loved part-timers, never really loved Cena, but Cena as a part-timer works for me because Super Cena was just so dreadful. What about you? Yeah.
0: Um. I, you know, if, if they do do Roman and rock and it's just Roman wrestling once, then I would like to see Cody and Cena wrestle.
1: Oh God, America versus America.
0: Potentially hazardous because it could divide the audience, but... That's a way to get Cody ready to beat Roman maybe at SummerSlam. Because if Roman and Rock are wrestling, there's no reason for Roman to lose. So he still gets to look strong. He wins. He gets the big rub over Rock, and that's going to be a big, big win for him. But someone does need to beat him eventually, and that makes Cody stronger for that moment. And I think Cody's the Mm -hmm. right guy to beat Roman for the belt. I mean, as much as I'd like to see Sammy and Kevin, that would be cool. One of those two guys or even one of the. Uh, Jey Uso do it just to you know re- finish the Bloodline storyline, but for I, being yeah. realistic, I think Cody from like a, I think from it. like a
1: from a story perspective, it has to be somebody that's like Bloodline adjacent. Yeah, but I think I think from like a believability and star power, it's Cody.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting WrestleMania season. There's not often where I mean I don't think I've been. Even the WrestleMania we went to was like, oh, this is the last time we're watching this shit. Like We had such a pessimistic attitude going into that show because of Vince. And so with the new regime, this is the first Triple H WrestleMania. There's a lot to look forward to. And there's a lot to look forward to, I think, the Rumble as well. That could be Mm -hmm. a show full of surprises if indeed maybe Cena does wrestle on it and if Cody is cleared to come back. There's a lot of fun potential surprises that are going to come up for the Rumble as well.
1: I have zero reason for this belief but i feel like a a triple h regime will embrace the idea of bringing back legends for those random spots i feel like the last few years you didn't get any of those Uh, except for like in the the first women's battle royal because or um royal rumble because they just didn't have the roster at the time so they kind of needed that but other than that they haven't really embraced having you know the the random you know wwe alum person come in so i i would think that triple h will do that and I, that's like my favorite part of the rumble is just like the random entries because a lot of times it's pretty clear who's going to win and it doesn't really like that so it, it doesn't really matter too much so it's like just give me some stuff to be excited about
0: yeah yeah i mean as much as i they're fun to be in the you know they're fun entrance but like i think the year where we got that lottery and i had like Who's that? The English Gentleman Jack and then like yeah. Kofi Kingston. It was like, okay, did, this fucking sucks. Didn't
1: didn't when you got Gentleman Jack, didn't he jump off the top rope out oh, to the sure outside did. and eliminate himself?
0: Yeah, with the umbrella. Do <laughs> you think he took the umbrella and cast it his <laughs> he married Poppins his way out, I wanna say. And if he didn't, that's just what lives in my mind of like, of course, that's yeah. how he would eliminate himself, is he just carried that and just float away. <laughs> <laughs> well, i remember uh, okay. you
1: being so pissed off
0: oh god yeah all right we got a couple minutes left to just do a quick rundown of some of the additional stories that went on in this week so uh, a lot of rumors going on right now that sasha banks under a new gimmick name of course is going to be debuting at new japan holy shit that'd be a big deal yeah
1: I, and but what's wild is that supposedly her and wwe are like far apart on money So if that's the case, I don't, I don't think New Japan's paying. They just gave, they just got their first women's title this month or a month ago. So I I can't imagine. So um, I'm not allowed to say, you know, until we see how this Bow Wow thing goes, I'm not allowed to say what my thought is because I gave myself an embargo. I'm not allowed to uh, fantasy book any more Sasha AEW things, but I would imagine that there's a good chance she is being subsidized uh, from Tony Khan in that manner. Um, and that means, you know, whether it's the Jade thing or uh, Paige and her mystery opponent in LA.
0: You're always welcome to fantasy book, Bahawa Jason Storylines. <laughs> the Greatest <laughs> okay, star in the history of the business. Um, but no, New Japan uh, is, is looking a lot better on paper for Wrestle Kingdom. There's some Wrestle Kingdoms where you're like, yeah and i mean i'm sure it'll be good but like i've seen these combinations of matches before and this year like everything looks like a banger there isn't anything that looks shit on the card so far so uh still more time left to add some matches onto it. but i think right now i think there's six or seven matches that all look like genuinely really really good and some look like they're going to be absolute classics osprey and omega Aussie open and fdr i mean that's good shit and of course okada and jay white can always pull out a classic too
1: yeah, absolutely. Does it look like right now the uh, the little man's going to hold out so you can watch? Yeah, watch I think he's going
0: to be 39 weeks. So that would be we're at 34 today. So like we should be able to make it where I can watch unobstructed. If not, there's yeah, I'm not going to watch anything. <laughs> I, probably <won't, laughs> I probably won't be able to get a chance to watch the rumble. That's for sure. There's yeah. no way he's I mean, as much as I'd like him to be the surprise 30th entrance. I don't think that's going to happen either. <laughs> Save that for Johnny Gargano's kid. Okay. Uh, Other things I wanted to mention too this week. So we didn't talk about cringe of the week, and maybe we should have put this under this category. Darby Allen took some bumps against Samoa Joe. That was one brutal-ass match. It was amazing to see, and it was a great spectacle. But it almost, I mean, well, it did. It, It overshadowed the match with Juice. I had zero interest going into that. Not only did it have to follow such an amazing classic match in FDR and uh briscoes but then just how insane darby uh the, the the hell that he put himself through in that match was a hell of a story and it just totally overshadowed anything else samoa joe was doing the rest of that weekend amazing effort but jesus christ kid you can just make money brooding and skateboarding like whew.
1: i i said it in our group chat i believe that. The, we- the weirdest thing about it is I believe that every insane spot and bump that he takes, he probably has to come up with. And then like someone's like, no, I don't think we should do that. And he's like, no, come on. We could do it. Like it feels like if like, there's it just feels like he enjoys that. And oh, man, he is going to walk like a Hardy in five years.
0: Yeah. yeah. Take a look at Matt Hardy. It's not pretty. Oh, my God. That <laughs> that was enough.
1: That's a bonus cringe as well is him and that battle royal match just his inability to move
0: yeah he's getting cheeky babyish um but yeah anyways darby put on a hell of a show it scares me because he's got a lot of young mick in him of like not seeing how badly this is gonna maybe pile up and i don't know maybe his body is just able to handle it but jesus Louises, that first dive it's, the way that he landed was scary and then the whole muscle buster in his little skateboard was rough too
1: it's a shame that there's no precedent for Darby to look at to see what could happen if he continues down this path. <laughs> Have you ever seen how, the... Uh, how could it possibly <laughs> go wrong? <laughs> Have you ever seen the bump that Samoa Joe took in TNA that like kind of derailed his career? No. I'll send it to you, but it's, it's something that I would fully suspect uh, Darby to pitch him and Sting well, I believe it was Sting were fighting in the stands and Joe does a he go, climbs up the stairs and does a running dropkick off the stairs and lands with his back on the stairs ah uh, it's brutal and like he's had injury issues ever since that match uh, and like that's what a lot of people I don't know if he's ever officially cited that but like people are like that's when that all started i'll set it to you after this
0: okay yeah all right and then one last news before we wrap up um so a new uh vice president of global television i believe is going to be joining aw um according to i think this is pw insider um this guy was slated to be the next kevin dunn i hope though he doesn't bring any of the fucking cuts with him like there's a lot of wwe production that is absolutely atrocious and i hope that's not like I hope he's not a producer of like the actual show, as much as he is like just a general television executive. I, I feel that. like
1: it's not because because I know he was a part of the Triple H regime, and Triple H's NXT never you know the you know the golden black and gold era really didn't have cuts like that. I mean there was some cutting but like nothing quite like the jump cuts of you know main yeah. roster WWE programming so. That's where I, that's where I feel safe in that not being the case. But I, you're right though. If, if that were to become what's uh, going on in AEW, I guess, then I just watch new need Japan. to allocate my, my time to new Japan and stardom.
0: Yeah, no. Cause I, I, I literally couldn't watch it. Like it, it's that bad and it's that annoying. And the fact that they're so steadfast and like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like that. Nah, it's absolutely horrible. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up on my end. I have a little puppy here that needs to go potty. I have to go take him outside and he's getting very fussy and hugging my leg right now. You can't see that, of course, but if you were able to see this in video, it's quite the sight. This old guy who's rubbing on me. So we're going to log off today. Yeah. Friend of the show, Charlie. He's a very, very good boy. Uh, If you want to follow up on all of our shenanigans, please follow us at Wrestling Elitist Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Please visit WrestlingElitist.com. Bookmark it. Share the articles that Alex and I write. uh, Let people know what's going on. If you want to have a good read, go dive back to Sean's Aesthetics of Cinema ask report on the Camilla Show or Camila Show, whatever the fuck that girl's, uh, uh, Corey Graves' wife that show. Oh, Carmela. Carmela. Yeah. It was a great program. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, uh, if you are listening to the show, please give us a five-star review for like an algorithm standpoint. It does help us, uh, promote the show organically and it gets us a little bit extra listeners and viewers. So if you do like what you hear, please share it. Give us a five-star review. If you have a question, let us know as well. We'd be more than glad and happy to talk about it on the show the next week. I uh, think that's going to do it for us this week. Rick Rude, send us home. Hit the music.